Welcome to the Maris Review. I'm so happy to have Mona Awad here. She's the author of 13 Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl and the new novel, Bunny. Bunny is just delicious, I would have to say. (laughs) So I'm so glad you're here and sitting with me. And I I was wondering if you could tell us how you came up with this book. It's wild. Yeah. um, Well, I... uh... I was a, an MFA student and um, <laughs> at a at a New England university, and you know I I did actually have a very positive experience there, but right. just being privy to that world, especially in the context of of New England and the Ivy League school, it just seemed and art school. Um, you were at Brown, yes. Yeah, I was at Brown. That it, this is not you know no not no, Brown in the book, not but. at all. No, <laughs> um, but no the, the the whole atmosphere just seemed ripe for horror but mm. also ripe for kind of magic too so i yeah that's where it kind of germinated and then from there it just i just kind of blew it up into this into this world that is now bunny amazing and and so i never got an mfa okay um but i worked in publishing certainly mm-hmm. And it was the the wisdom in publishing at the time was no one should ever write a book about MFA programs. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and you went against it and you yes. succeeded. But how? <laughs> like, were you concerned? Yeah, I guess I was a little. Um, but I think the thing, one of the, 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 the biggest hooks for me in terms of, like, uh, getting excited about the idea was thinking about how when you go to graduate school as an adult – you're an adult, yeah. but you're in school. Absolutely. So you and act like... Yeah, you kind of act like a teenager again. It's mm. very high school, you know, mm-hmm. um, the experience. And, you know, it's a very insular environment. Um, you all end up kind of using the same language. Um, you become very intimate with each other very uh, quickly because you're sharing yeah. uh, so much of yourself. Uh, you know, just art school kind of asks you to do that. You're very vulnerable because yeah. you are sharing work. And um, you're also being asked to activate your imagination. And so it just, I don't know, it seemed like there was so much potential for danger um, to happen. And that, <laughs> that, that possibility of danger made me think, okay, even though it's an MFA, there's a lot of um, things about that experience that are kind of universal in terms of the clique and the kind of outsiderness that you can kind mm-hmm. of experience and like that, that high school kind of feeling that you get in, in, in an MFA. And then also just that that potential for danger. That's that's what really excited me. And and so your main character, Samantha, finds herself in in this cohort with mm-hmm. all these other brilliant women who right. happen to be almost the same person. Right, right. So there's there are four of them. Right. And she's disgusted by them mm-hmm. and yet she's desperately wants their approval too. Yes, yes. And that is a very high school thing, I think. Yes. <laughs> that is a very high school kind of feeling. Um and it's it, that's kind of why I sort of leaned into the the teen movie sort mm-hmm. of um feel that the book has because it kind of, you know, there's there's things about being an adult in school that feel very teen movie-ish. Um, and one of them is that, you know, cliques form and then, yeah, as a result of cliques kind of forming, outsiders also are, are there. And, and being an outsider is a really kind of um, painful experience. Sure. And it's, I think... Um, for Samantha, her experience of being an outsider is something that she both wears as a badge mm-hmm. um, so that she can kind of cope with yeah, the fact that absolutely. she's an outsider, with the more embarrassing aspects of being an outsider, the actual pain of it, the loneliness of it. Um, 
but she wants to belong. So she's, I think her being repulsed by the girls is her trying to kind of um, own her difference and sort of become empowered by it. Um, and then being drawn to them is, I think, her just kind of wanting to be accepted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, you, you <laughs> the descriptions of the girls from the book are just so incredible. The, the aesthetic is so specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down while I was reading Bunny, Alice in Wonderland meets Mod Cloth. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I actually read a lot of Mod Cloth um, comments. Did like, you? Yeah, like on the website, the comments that people leave about their, about their clothing. Because you can always tell when someone's disappointed with their purchase, but they're still trying to kind of, I don't know, like just step up and sort of like it. So there's a lot of kind of, I hate this, but I have to love it in the comments. Oh no. And that just, that made me think, oh, that's, that's a very bunny kind of thing. Cause it's like a a monstrousness that's cloaked in the sweetness. And that's what was, that's what I was trying to create with the bunnies, that kind of cuteness that is, you know, also hateful and terrifying. So you think so? There are mod cloth customers who are just stuck with cute little Peter Pan dresses that they just didn't really. They just they never wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved that there was a dress in the book called "All She Wants to Do Is Prance" because yeah. wow, that really yeah. sounds like I know you. You really well those those were inspired by but for sure by those those dresses. I mean, they all have such absurd names. It's just it's so an absurd patterns and absurd. Pa- well, the Marie Antoinette was definitely. Like um, <laughs> Mary Antoinette beheaded, I think it was it was one dress that one girl had. I want that dress. I wish that dress of course, existed. Alongside cats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cats wearing crowns. Yeah. And they all have cardigans. They all have cardigans. And they eat tiny food. Yeah. And they love pumpkin spice. They love pumpkin spice. And um all pink berry. things. Yes, yes. So it's it, the way they are is kind of like a weirdo version of basic, right? Yeah, because- <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's just all cute, sweet, pretty stuff, which I, on the one hand, is what it is, right? But it can it can cast a spell, and it certainly casts a spell on Samantha. But there's like a a power, um, you know, there's a power to it that is dark, I think, or that because yeah. it can cast this spell. And I guess my thought was, what if there was this kind of you know, this sinister uh, thing at the heart of this sweetness, then what? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And and so Samantha kind of enters this world um, seeking attention or approval mm-hmm. or, or something. Yeah. Craft mm-hmm. uh, plays such a major role in the actual plot of the book. Craft, yes. Yeah, absolutely. How did you do that? <laughs> the the craft of writing? The craft of writing about the craft of writing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because the, the writing of this book in some ways sort of mimics the the the, the book itself and that it it was yeah. ri- it was written kind of um very very quickly in one draft uh, over 3 months. Oh my gosh. And um I didn't really uh question myself. I was afraid for a lot of it, but I was ecstatic um because I was uncertain through the whole 
process. Mm. Um, and I just, I knew I was kind of going into territory that I'd, I hadn't gone into before. This book is a, is a departure from my first book, right. for sure. Um, because magic is is actually, it, there's magic in the book, there's horror in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just decided to kind of trust it. And I think I think you're very right in kind of, in, in bringing up the, the, this aspect of craft, because I think this book sort of is interested in um, creativity as kind of uh, a way of of embracing the uncertain. Absolutely. Yeah, and just uh, the beauty of the imagination, you know, its potential to kind of, um, you know, destroy us with, yeah. you know, like we could go to a very dark place, or its potential to save us and offer us consolation. Yes, I want to, I want to read uh, one of my favorite parts because it becomes very clear. N- no spoilers, don't worry. There, so the the girls become. I say the girls because they are. <laughs> yes, um, they are. They become like Frankenstein's, mm-hmm. and yes. they create these monsters. And one of these monsters um, has an inscrutable smile. Yes, yes. uh, Thinks Samantha to herself. And he turns around and says, oh, I don't know about inscrutable, Samantha. Yeah. Oh, I love that character. So their creations come to life and kind of tell them how to how they should be writing yeah yeah absolutely and they're kind of reflections of them you know um yeah. so, so samantha is a frankenstein you're absolutely right that's a great way to describe it without without um doing a spoiler so that's awesome <laughs> um but yes uh she's a frankenstein she's created this this um creature and he's out of her control you right. know um he has a will of his own and that says something about her as as a creator, and it says yeah. something about her imagination, you know, um, that she can create something that she can't dominate. Whereas the bunnies, on the other hand, who are also Frankensteins, are more interested in a kind of control. That, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I love how the, the monsters that they all create have fami- are familiar tropes. Oh, yeah. Like you – like. Top Gun meets mm-hmm. like I don't know yeah. if there's if oh we can yeah no, talk there's, about that more yeah absolutely well I mean I just loved having fun with kind of popular culture and uh, notions of like just who's hot <laughs> you know absolutely um, and so I I kind of let myself sort of have fun with that so there's a there's a you know there's a Tim Riggins yes from Friday Night Lights which and, and is lovely and then you really go all out because I, I I believe it's yes the the tagline on the book right now is the vegetarian meets Heather's yeah so, so exactly. of course there is a, a Christian Slater yes kind of guy had to be had that. to yeah had to that was really really fun to play with and the idea too that you know kind of women are sort of involved in creating these tropes and bringing these tropes in and it, you know, it's just ha- having fun with with our desire and also the the uh, embodiments of the desire that are imposed on us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, yeah. I'm wondering if I, I had an old boss mm-hmm. um, when I worked in book publishing who said that she would be able to pick up a proposal and read a few pages of a manuscript and know which MFA program that person had come out of. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Do you? But do you see how like a, a group think kind of? 
imposes itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was something that I was really interested in looking at with this book. There's a point in the book where Samantha gets so sucked into the clique uh, against her will that she becomes um, part of the of the bunnies to the point where they're all speaking in one voice. Yes. Um, and I I was definitely interested in leaning into that and the 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 horror of that, like the 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 the, the scariness of that kind of groupthink, because it is it's it is scary. I mean, that's one of the risks, I guess, that you take when you go into one of these programs is right. the, the fear that you'll you'll all start speaking the same language and then you're not really a, an individual artist anymore. You don't have your own imagination. You're all bound together. And know? and even the the critiques that the group has may or may not be helpful. Oh yeah, in the real world. In the real world, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the things too about art school. That's you know a danger. And as much as I have to say, uh, you know, I I'm so grateful to these programs, and I was able to you know complete my first novel as a result of mm-hmm. uh, of going actually to Brown. Um, and I had I had I had a great um, you know. Great, great advisors, great students, uh, great peers who kind mm-hmm. of encouraged me. But there is there is a real danger of not really getting so inside a world that you no longer are really seeing the outside world or how or, and you're no longer really being asked to speak to that world. Yes. Uh, you know, in a way that you will be understood, that you're just speaking to each other, you know, and that's. Very and writing sc- for each other. And writing for each other and lying to each other because yeah. you want to protect everyone, you know. And I think that's also true kind of, you know, outside of the context of workshop. You know, when mm-hmm. we when we give each other feedback, we we kind of reveal so much about ourselves, you know. And I had to make fun of that aspect of workshop because it is it's you know, it's very true. Absolutely. There's there there's a, a quote I want to read to you, even though you wrote it. Of course. <laughs> um, the the bunny who um, Samantha calls vignette yes, in her head yes. gives a reading and Samantha wants to say mm-hmm. that it's a pretentious piece of shit, that it says nothing, gives nothing, that I don't understand it, <laughs> that probably no one does and no one ever will. Right. That not being understood is a privilege I can't afford, Mm -hmm. that I can't believe this woman got paid to come here, that I think she should apologize to the trees. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's 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 such a it's such a mo- that's such an important moment in the book, of course, because she's having this interior monologue. And then I, I forget what she says at the end, but it's like just praise. Right. Yeah, I mean, of ult- course. Of ult- course. Ultimately, she just offers praise. And I think that that moment of rage, you know, is a lot of that is also the result of being so inside a world like it's it's again, it's that. It's that danger of being so it's such an insular world that you're all of your emotions are magnified, mm-hmm. you know, and so and 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 not being able to to trust yourself anymore because you're so deep inside this this um, world of art school. So the reactions like there's the yeah, there's this real disparity between um, Samantha's kind of interior uh, response and then what she what she says because she doesn't want to there's there's probably a part of her that doesn't even trust that. Right, you know? of course. Yeah. I mean, why would you ever speak your gut? Yeah, just... why would you ever do that? Yeah, she's she wants to be accepted. And yeah, it is kind of it's it's definitely kind of a bit of a of a critique of workshop that we you can't ever trust your um your feeling about somebody else's work because you've got 
you know, it's you. It's subjective. How can you possibly know right. for sure? Right. And it's hard enough when there's a teacher who's supposed to be right. telling or having an opinion about that. But then the other students also, of course, have have their own opinions and are expected to help right. them. To exactly. Go. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it, there's so there's so many interesting kind of social dynamics that happen that prevent, I think, honest discussion that is actually that, that is useful. It, it, it takes work to kind of get there. I think you also mention and a big part of the book, of course, is that outside of the college, mm-hmm. there's a whole other part of town, a whole other kind of person who lives in 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 that town that they do not want to see and, right. and don't consider. Right. Yeah, that was really important to me to write about that. And actually, the passage that you read, I think, kind of touches upon yes. that because Samantha says, you know, I could never afford to, mm-hmm. to you know, to not be understood. I could never afford that. And that's a class comment for sure. Absolutely. You know, and there is like a real class disparity between the university community in the book and this, um, you know, community beyond it, which is, you know, something I saw in Providence to some degree for right, sure. And right. I think it's true of a lot of university towns. Absolutely. You know, there's this bubble of privilege that the university community lives in. And then beyond that, there's this other world. And, and each world is kind of like informing the other. Mm-hmm. You know, so it the, so within the bubble, the outside seems scary, yeah, and even more like run down than it probably is. Yes, you know, yes. and then you know the the bubble just seems shinier and you know um, more uh, more rarefied than you know it probably is too. There there are all these um, studies now that that say that you know so many college students. I mean, especially I guess particularly undergrads. Mm-hmm. Um, are poor. Oh yeah, are are struggling to mm-hmm. to absolutely find meals to eat day yeah. to day. Yeah, I actually heard. So Samantha, at one point in the book, she lives in her car, yeah, um, because she can't afford uh, housing. You know, that was inspired by hearing that there were students on campus who were living in their cars. So yeah, um, you know, it's 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 definitely reality that there are a lot of people going to these schools who can who can you know cannot afford to be there at all, cannot afford to live there and have shelter and have meals and all of those things. So it's quite a sacrifice. And it, it's and then of course it's impossible not to compare yourself if if that's who you are mm-hmm. to to the the girls in the cute sweaters. Yeah, it's it's impossible not to feel feel that magnification of your own kind of. Um, you know, your own position, your own social class, and to feel that outsiderness. And that's, again, where sort of, you know, uh, as cheesy as they can be, that's that's kind of another reason why the teen movies were so inspiring to me is because they explore that, you know, some of the great ones do anyway. Yes. Um, you know, the most iconic ones do. They, they, they're they interested in the outsider who comes from a different class because that's a real experience that that can deepen that feeling of um, of loneliness and alienation. Yes. So so we started with Heathers. Yeah. But what other films were you thinking about? As I was saying that, I was thinking of Pretty in Pink. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Molly Ringwald living across the tracks and, you know, the other Making side. her own dress. Making her own dress. Yeah. I, I love that movie so much. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I mean, I, I do love Heathers so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love The Craft. Too. Yes. Not not as campy, but wonderful. You know, I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's it's so good. It's like just it's I forget what the name of the main character is, but she's I love the way she kind of 
becomes this, you know, this real strong protagonist. Absolutely. At the end, you know, yes. she's she's great. And Carrie. Carrie was another big one for me. I, I see that you're wearing a yes. necklace if you want to describe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like a this is a, a little um, image of Carrie covered in blood. Yeah, in a locket. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate for, yeah. for tonight. If, if, yeah, very appropriate for Bunny. That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah. I think Carrie and Samantha have some things in common for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, and so what books informed this book, if any? And and I don't know, does your taste and Samantha's taste maybe overlap or veer aside in some ways? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I um I think I with books it was I I was really in the world of this and I didn't read a lot during uh, the writing of this because I was I really wanted to tap into Samantha's voice and the bunnies in particular yes. like there was a real like I wanted to capture that kind of kawaii sweet horror yes. kind of cute so you know mod cloth comments great <laughs> for that great That's for voice yes yeah um but uh i did uh have in my head um fairy tales mm-hmm. and, and especially uh like fairy tale logic you know um which is which kind of just doesn't really explain itself you know mm-hmm. the the wonder in fairy tales is so potent and potentially dark but potentially just your wildest dreams come true Yes. Um, because it's not explained. It's just there. We accept it. We accept the magic in fairy tales. So that kind of dream logic was really important. And then specific fairy tales like Cinderella, of course. Um, this book, the first iteration of this book in my head was going to be about a gang of um, Snow Whites. So, <laughs> so uh, you know. And I can, yeah. You can kind of see, see that, that, right? Yeah. The bunnies are a version of Snow White. Yeah, girl gang of Snow Whites. And, and they are also drawn, of course, to fairy tales. Yes. Yes, they love fairy tales, too. So that's that's some crossover territory that they share that I think is part of the reason why Samantha gets so entranced by them. They have a magic that I think is kind of connected to fairy tale. And then absolutely Beauty and the Beast is mm-hmm. was essential. There There is even um, a Beauty and the Beast variation called The Hare's Bride. And it's it's got a, a, a bunny animal, like a, a, a bunny groom. Beastie yeah. bunny... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a very sad short story. Um so it doesn't really yeah, the 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 story itself um I didn't really take from but the idea of a rabbit groom I definitely not to give anything away <laughs> definitely inspired me for sure. Yes. Yeah. And and what are you reading now? What am I reading now? Yeah. Um what was the one of the last things that I read that I loved? I read oh I reread um After Leaving Mr. McKenzie by Jean Reese. Oh. Uh, I just love her. I I love her um her use of voice. I just I love the way she captures that sense of alienation you can have even when you're just right kind of you're in the middle of a cafe surrounded by people and yet you're completely alone. Yes. It's so I I don't know why it's so comforting to me to read her, but it really really is. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. I have to go back. Yeah, she's wonderful and so like moody. And um I also read uh I started reading a book by Tia Mutangi, um, who's a Canadian Congolese writer, uh, and the collection is called Shut Up, You're Pretty. And it's really great. Uh-huh. It's, it's I love the voice. It's like this kind of teen voice, and it's it's I don't know. It's very innocent, but there's there's I can tell there's some darkness coming. Um, so I'm I'm really enjoying that. 
That's great. Is that is that new? Yeah, it's okay. new. It just came out in uh, in April, I think. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this has been lovely. Yeah. No. Thank you is, so much. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. I I think that listeners should know that they need to read Bunny right away so that we can all talk about it and try to figure out what it means, even though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Maris Review. And check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Maris Review, and check the show notes for the books we discussed on here today. And please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.